what was it like interviewing Barack Obama? The brief time I had, a chill guy. Hey, Ramon, what's up? Just like you're talking to <laughs> not your uncle, not even your grandfather, like you're talking to a, a, a collegial friend. Like, yeah. what's up? Let's talk. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Hey, it's Seth Godin from Akimbo.com, and you're listening to Ash Roy from Productive Insights. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to www.productiveinsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. Welcome back to the Productive Insights Podcast. This is Ash Roy, the host of the Productive Insights Podcast and the founder of ProductiveInsights.com. Now, last night, I had a subscriber subscribe to our YouTube channel. And when I checked to see who it was, I noticed that it was Ramon Ray, someone who I've had the pleasure of interviewing and of having met about five years ago here in Sydney. Now, Ramon is someone I've got tremendous respect for. Ramon has started four companies and sold two of them. He's authored four books, and he's got an incredible stage presence and an online presence, which you will see for yourself if you tune into our YouTube channel, ProductiveInsights.com forward slash YouTube or YouTube.com forward slash Productive Insights. Ramon's been invited to the White House. He's the founder of SmartHustle.com. He shared the stage with the likes of Seth Godin, Damon John, Guy Kawasaki, Simon Sinek, and several others. He's interviewed President Obama in the president's first live Google Hangout. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. <laughs> now, soon after I saw that Ramon subscribed to our YouTube channel, I received an email from him saying, I'm launching a workshop with our friend Seth Godin, and he asked me if I'd be interested in discussing the workshop with my audience. And my response was, uh, yeah. So I'm delighted to welcome Ramon Ray back to the Productive Insights Podcast. Welcome back, Ramon. So nice to have you. Ash, thank you so much. Thanks for responding so quickly and eagerly. But as you responded to me, I responded to Seth when we first did this. But thank you for having me. And thank you for being so generous with your time, the work you do. And I do remember the beautiful time we had uh, in Sydney. So thank you so much for uh, being a part of it and spreading the word. Thank you. Hey, you're welcome, man. If you're listening to this, or better still, if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, you can go and check out our first conversation at ProductiveInsights.com forward slash 101, where we talked about active campaign versus Infusionsoft. That's quite a contentious topic. And we also talked about things that you can do to help yourself in a constantly changing environment. We talked a lot about disruptive technologies then. Here we are again, and this time we're going to be talking about the Small Business Essentials Workshop that Ramon is going to be running with our friend Seth Godin through the Akimbo platform. Now, all of the Akimbo workshops that I've attended, and I've attended quite a few, have been excellent workshops. They've had an attitude of service, and they really have led in the true authentic sense of the word. I'm sure that this workshop is no different because it's being led by Ramon. So I highly recommend you consider it, and we'll talk a little bit later about how you can find out more about it. Before we kick into the conversation about the workshop, Ramon, i got to ask you, man, what was it like interviewing Barack Obama? Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. I think, listen, you know, he's, he's one, it's Barack, which he has a, a swag and a cachet to him, right? <laughs> but he's the president, so whether him or another president. But I think it was pretty cool. It was interesting. Actually, Ash, I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. I don't know which was more cooler, that 300,000 people applied and they picked five of us. I was one. I don't wow. know if that was cooler 
or if it was cooler interviewing the president. So I must say I'm bragging a little. That's at least according to what Google's team said at the time. They said 300,000 people applied. Yeah. That's what I recall them saying. Yeah. So, you know, it was it was it was pretty cool. And I think just, you know, I'm not his best friend at all. But, yeah. you know, he, he's for the brief time I had a chill guy. Hey, Ramon, what's up? Just like you're talking to not your uncle, not even your grandfather, like you're talking to a a, a collegial friend. Like, yeah. what's up? Let's talk. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And that's one of the things that is very charming and appealing about him, about his approach to leadership, which is one of being one of the gang kind of thing. And whether you lean you know, left or you lean right, I don't think that's the point. I think the point is that he embodies certain qualities, at least from what I've seen. And you, you're right. Yeah, that is, you know, lead with dignity, be authoritative, but not arrogant, be assertive, but not aggressive have humility, but be very clear and concise. There's lots of these qualities of his that I really admire. And even as a speaker, he's a very, very good quality speaker. Yes. Oh, forget about it. The pauses and, you know, but we <laughs> can do it or whatever. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so what was the one tip you had after having spoken to him? What do you think will make us all better speakers? Yeah, I think for me, say two things, and I think not just from there, but, you know, seeing some things he did at the Democratic Convention. For those who watch Republican Convention, that's fine, too. But point being, I think, is that I was going to say I can't say he's an orator, but he is. So I think for me, the biggest thing I can give, I think, is the pauses, whether they're intentional or not. I think the pauses, I think that catches you. And I think the second thing I think I heard him being interviewed by Mark Benioff of Salesforce at Dreamforce, I want to say two years ago, don't remember exactly and I think just very thoughtful, you yeah. know, uh, president, should we should we have red cups or black cups? <laughs> well, I think red cups, if you so I, I may be off a little bit of my memory, but that's kind of what I remember. Just a very, uh, you know, as opposed to some, which is a style, which is more my style, yeah. may say off the cuff, red cups. Absolutely. Of course, red cups. Yes. Whether right or wrong, you know, that's just me. He, he seemed to be more of a. Yeah. You know, where you can think it's definitely not stupid, but, you know, kind of that slight stuttering. uh, But I think part of that's being thoughtful. Like before I say this, I know that millions are going to be listening. Let me just contemplate the weight of every word. You know, my wife does that, too. She tends to pause before she speaks and she doesn't speak a lot. She's not a very talkative person. But when she speaks, people tend to listen. Yes, Um, I'm sure. And I remember the 2008 address when he had just Mm -hmm. won. Mm-hmm. there were these pauses that he used and I remember watching it very closely. And ever since then, I've been trying to replace my tendency to say um or ah mm. with a pause. Yes. And that pause allows me to formulate my sentences. Correct. And honestly, it makes the whole podcast editing process a lot easier. <laughs> That's, I'm sure. And I must say from live stage as well, I find, Ash, that the pauses for me now, I do do it to a degree intentionally, yeah. which is not bad. We're part of stagecraft is performance. But I find that for me, because I speak very fast, yeah. I build on the pauses as best I can. It slows me down. Pardon me, but I think also it adds a bit of cachet, whatever, meaning since I naturally speak fast, like I was giving something at ASBDC in the U.S. It's Association for Small Business Development Centers, part of the U.S. government's kind of free help to small businesses. I'm sure they have it in other countries as well. Yeah. Uh, but the point is, is that, you know, I was talking and talking and then, for example, I said, and so good to be here as we close out today. Understand. 
America needs small businesses and small businesses. They need the AFVDC. <laughs> so, it, you know, there was I was rushing and speeding, but this one I intentionally slowed it down yeah. to convey that thought. So. <laughs> and that is so powerful when you're communicating, right? Sometimes yeah. using the power of the pause, slowing things down, it really is a very effective way to punctuate and yes. emphasize. Correct. Okay. Let's talk about the small. We business. can do a whole talk, man, on just speaking and, and state and, and sorry and and, uh, and pausing. Dude, <laughs> after after watching you on stage when I first met you, I was yeah. like, I have to come and say hi to this guy because this guy is such a good speaker, <laughs> and I totally agree. I you schooled me, man. I, I mean, I can learn a lot about speaking. Well, you, you teach me marketing and funnels, and <laughs> and I'll teach you some speaking. Well, we'll teach each other. Iron <laughs> sharpens iron. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. All right. So let's talk about the Small Business Essentials Workshop then. Ramon, tell us who would benefit most from this workshop and what results can they expect to see if they participate actively? Sure. Yeah, so to unpack it a bit, I'll go backward just a slight bit, then you make sure I come back on course. Sure, sure. So we all know Seth Godin is this master, master, one of the world-class marketers. You know, you have Michael Hyatt, Productivity, Simon Sinek, Leadership. Uh, whatever, you know, so Seth Godin, for the few who may not know, but I'm sure most in your audience know marketing and, and more. He's a thought leader. So he created this thing called Akimbo, akimbo.com. People can check it out, yeah. which is a series of workshops in the vein of Udemy. You know, if people don't know that, U-D-E-M-Y or other yeah. masterclass training platforms, you know, where you can get video and courses. So that's to give you an essence of Akimbo. Yeah. What's special about Akimbo, I think, Ash, is that you have not only the coursework, which, you know, it's good. It's great but it's the discussion with other students. That's the gem. Yes. So to, to get to the answer of your point, I think what's special now about small business essentials, and I'd love your insight on this, Ash, as well. One, running a small business is hard. Yeah. And kind of channeling Seth Godin, we have choices to make, which I learned from him, just doing this with him in the past few weeks, just a little guidance he would give me, and because I wrote the curriculum, but he would you know, guide it. It's like yeah. working with a master chef. You're, yeah. you're good at cooking, but the master chef, you know, if you wish, add a little bit more salt. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> so that's what it's like. So my point is the Small Business Essential Workshop, it's where we're really trying to get business owners who are starting and or in business to decide to make choices. So one of the modules, one of 12 we have is, for example, do you want to, I think something like, do you want to have ordinary experience or wow experience? Right. Walking people through that choice you have. So that's what you'll get when you come there. Those listening today, you may have been running a business already, yeah. or maybe you're thinking of starting. We'll help you make those choices. What are the essential things to be a success? You know, I love that about Seth. I like many things about Seth, but one of the things I like about his way of leading is, as I mentioned earlier, he's not aggressive, but he's assertive. He doesn't yes. demand, he suggests. And it's up yes. to you to do it whichever way you want. And he's probably yes. cool with either way. But right. he just sort of recommends and ushers, but it's free. it's up to you to, to make the call. And to me, that... which Ash is annoying sometimes, which is so <laughs> annoying. You know, his because you and I, I'm not sure I shouldn't say you, but we're, most of us are used to being more traditional marketers. Like, how do you use Twitter, Ash? Me? You take a photo, tweet, isn't that? He's like, what do you want to accomplish on Twitter? <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, really? <laughs> But the thing is, he's teaching us to make choices. And I think that's the key, right? The choice needs to be volitional. That's tautological, but you know what I mean? It needs to be a choice that we make. And we then will, by 
definition, be more accountable for the choices we make. That's right. And that really is one of the key things I feel about most of the Akimbo workshops I've taken. There are no dogmas. There's no, you have to do it this way, you have to do it this way. Hey, if you want to do it this way, you can. If you want to do it this way, you can. Both will have consequences and yeah. you'll deal with them as you experience them. But there are just guidelines, you know. You want to act from a space of service rather than a space of how do I make money out of this? Correct. And it's hard to see that sometimes, Ash, and I know you know this as a marketer, which you serve your own clients, but it's hard to see it. I just heard, I can't remember who even who said it. I was something going on where they said the, the, the long road is the shortcuts. To my point, you can yeah. harvest email addresses, buy email addresses, do the spammy stuff, the things that we all teach not to do. But that's a choice. You, you may get a buck the first minute when you hit that button. Right. But for the next hour, you won't get a buck if you get my little silly example, meaning Absolutely. the long term, it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, another phrase that comes to mind is hasten slowly. You know? <laughs> I like that. It sounds like something our grandmothers or somebody would have said to us. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true, right? I mean, ultimately, if you want to build a meaningful brand, it takes time. I had a conversation with Rand Fishkin in episode 159 about the truth behind Silicon Valley. Oh, are you going to... Lost and found. Lost and found. Yeah, I've got it on here somewhere as well. (laughs) That's exactly what we talked about, right? And if you know Rand's story, he was the CEO of Moz, which was a very successful SEO company. And some things happened and he discussed those things in that episode. I recommend you go and check it out, productiveinsights.com forward slash 159. Rand and I talked about the truth behind Silicon Valley in that, you know, when people get external funding, they tend to celebrate Mm. and they're so excited. But for me, if you get external funding, it also means that you've probably handed over your independence. Okay, maybe the first six months of the honeymoon period and we're all friends and stuff, but very soon your your investors are going to say, well, show me the money. And the minute you bring this unbridled greed to the equation – and let's, let's be totally honest about this. Sure, there may be exceptions, but by and large, my understanding of private funding or external funding, there's a lot of greed around. So yes. if you're not turning around obnoxious amounts of profit, then they're going to be asking you, well, where's the money? And suddenly the, the authenticity of the business just crumbles at the expense of short-term gains. Right. And I think that that is something that, we need to be more cognizant of, not just in Silicon Valley, but just around the world. Yeah, I think you're so right, Ash. And I think that that's where this myth, I think people, you know, saying, let's take Netflix, great company. But let's remember, they're billions of dollars, I, th- I think, as I understand it, in debt. And I don't think they're profitable. So, and maybe they're not the best example, but to your point, for a small business owner, hence small business essentials, is that we can think we want this, think we have to be the billion dollar company, the big company, take venture funding. but as you know, again, Seth, it's it's there's those things, but it's nothing wrong with being a small business, having a core team of linchpins. Yes. Making a good profit, as you asked me, I think offline or online, I can't remember if we were recording then, yeah. but making a good profit, Mike Michalowicz, right? Yeah. And, uh, and growing your company. So yeah. that's, I think, the essence of being, that's the choice of being a small business. Yes, you'll never be a billion dollar venture on Wall Street, but you may save your marriage, you may save your family, you may have any other things that could happen beneficial and you'll probably sleep well at night i mean different people have different value systems (laughs) i suppose and some people couldn't care less but for me personally it is important that my business is aligned with my beliefs and my value set and i'm not saying i'm perfect by no means but 
I am saying that whatever it is you believe is the right thing, your business must reflect that. Otherwise, you will have internal conflict and you will pay. Absolutely. You know, at an emotional level. Could you share a little bit of a framework or some topics that you'll be touching on in this workshop and what's covered in the workshop and what's not covered in the workshop? Sure. Let me get to what's not covered in there. Oftentimes, if you just go on Google, how do I start a small business? You get the typical things that people hear in the U.S. I'm sure maybe in Australia it's a little different in Europe, but LLC, S Corp, C Corp, for those who aren't familiar with those terms. Do those have the same terms everywhere or are those are different we terms? We proprietary limited, PTY, LTV okay. here. And um, yeah, there's a few other similar Good. structures. So my point being, you know, the thing. business structure you'll get, people understand it. So that's that. You know, you have those questions. What color is your logo? You know, should you have a website or not? None of that's covered in small business essentials. None of that. Because <laughs> per Akimbo style, which Seth Godin's about, he gets deeper than that. And I would say even possibly, Ash, more important things. So we cover the choices of one is what type of freedom do you want even? Which means do you even want to have a small business? Right. We cover things like, and this is from Seth, is that what type of scale do you want? So that's what we get into really, I would say, Ash, the DNA, as it were, of what it really means to be a small business and help people understand, ah, if I choose this, I'm probably going to be one of those billion-dollar publicly traded companies. If I choose this, I'm more freelancer, which Seth talks about a lot as well. So is that helpful, Ash? It's kind of we're guiding people. Yes. The essence of being a small business is, and I think the bottom line is that it's not just Ash by himself, yeah. but it's not Ash in a gleaming building with 10,000 people. It's Ash who probably knows his customers' names with a small group of people to help him scale to some degree, yes. but not too much, yes. to live the life you want, as we hinted. And I think that's really the definition of a small business. You sleep well at night, you give to others. Hopefully, you're building a business and you're living well, and that's small business. Yeah. In episode 200, when I had the honor of interviewing Seth, we talked about this idea of finding your smallest viable audience. Find a yes. few people you can serve and help. And they will tell their friends, provided you do an excellent job in serving them. That's a good way to approach growth that doesn't yes. involve doing massive amounts of Facebook ads. I'm not saying don't do them. I'm just right. saying that if you have an epic enough product, if you have an epic enough service, people will eventually tell their friends and okay. it will grow through referrals. I have heard people say that you can't grow a business through referrals. And I think that's nonsense. I think mm -hmm. that you can grow through referrals. Maybe you can't grow fast through referrals. Right. But there are companies that have grown quite substantially through what is effectively referral marketing. Yeah. Word of mouth is still, in my view, one of the most powerful forms of marketing. And a great quality product will right. elicit that kind of behavior. Correct. And, and so, Ash, let me give you an essence of what this course is like. Because yeah. you just did it. And I do it too. So I'm not, you know, it's your show, but I'm going to no, no, like – Give, you know, twist your ear, but I'm going to do what Seth has done to me. Sure. You just went very tactical. Okay. Meaning, and I have done it in the course, and yeah. Seth would push back, say, Ramon, this is too tactical. We're not going to talk about referrals. We're going to talk about if you do great service, yes. your business will grow and leave it a bit gray. You see what I mean now? That's so that's the, the beauty of it, that referrals will happen. Yes. There's books that we can talk about referral marketing, but the beauty of the akimbo is they shy just step away from calling it referral marketing. They're just saying, do great stuff, sing a great song, paint the room well, and watch your business grow. Now, why do they do that? What's the logic behind that? 
Well, I, this goes back to, I guess, the, the style of letting people chart their own course, right. letting people discover the magic, I think, kind of as Seth says, letting people understand, discover it themselves, I think, in a way. Don't tell the child as you turn the thing, something will pop up. Just say, here's the box. The child, let's see if the child turns the wheel or not. And then it pops up. Not right. saying, here's a pop-up toy. Don't say that. Just saying, here's a toy. Play with the wheel. Okay. So it brings back that volition and that involvement. It requires the other person to actively participate because if you don't turn the wheel, it ain't going to turn. Nothing's going to happen. So it's up to you to take the step. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so that's that's the beauty. I mean, this is, you know, Seth didn't ask him to do this, but I must say the beauty of Akimbo, it, it's about that discovery. You know, like I think they even had a lesson on podcasting. No, it's not about how to plug the mic in and all those things that most you and I would probably jump into. Yeah. It's that softer version of community. I think I didn't take that course, but community and building and your voice. And as you do so well, connecting with your audience, Yes. but not quite getting to Here's the kind of image you need to put it on iTunes, right. which everybody else covers. I'm, I'm guessing the Akimbo version of podcast course doesn't cover that. Okay. So that's interesting. I'll keep that in mind to leave something to the imagination and interpretation of the other party, an inductive approach to teaching. I like that. Correct. And, and of course, having said that, there's room in the market. Of course, we have to talk about funnels, right? That's your genius. So some people want to know. There's room for that. I'm just saying, meaning his style, it's more of the, you know, he, he skips the, the um, I wouldn't say skips the detail, but gets more into the, the thought behind it or the why or things of that nature, So, yeah. which has been very interesting. And, you know, man, I've got to say that to me, a funnel can be something as simple as, hey, Ramon, I'm glad Joe Bloggs referred you to me. I'm getting back into tactics here for a minute. But That's okay. To me, this is a funnel. Uh, hey, Ramon, thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to serve you. I'm so glad you spoke to Joe Bloggs, who used our membership. I have a membership program. Who was a member of the Proactive Insights membership program. It's wonderful to have you here. Here's the page to sign up. Right, right. To me, that's yeah. a funnel. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this sophisticated stuff. It is just something that enables me to make you an offer that serves you by solving a problem that you are willing to pay me to help you solve. Right. That's right. it. Exactly. That's right. Now you add Facebook ads to that, you add right. landing pages and conversion <laughs> tools and pop-ups and squeeze outs. Which and is good. Right. Doesn't matter. Not important. Yeah. Yeah. What's important is can I give you something that is of meaning and value to you that you are willing to compensate me for financially and ideally it is of far more value to you than the value that you are paying me in dollar terms, hopefully by a factor of 10 or something. <laughs> uh, we, we both walk away from the situation feeling enriched, empowered, and, and better off. Yes, and that's important too. I, I don't know if Seth said it, but I know as we, as you and I both being business people, I think that's so important too, Ash. You know, there's a few people, not a lot, but a few people, I'm sure you've run across them, maybe you haven't, but you know who are, I have to win. I have oh, to destroy yeah. Ash for him to do. And I, th I can't remember the, the business icon, but something they were saying, oh, maybe Warren Buffett, somebody was saying, no, that's not businesses I'm destroying, Ash. Or I'm thinking, wink, wink, he didn't know that I kept some of the money. No, it's he feels good. 
I, Ash could look at my bank account, read my contracts. I can do the same. And we both got what yeah. we wanted or whatever, if you know what I'm trying to say. Oh, that's, absolutely. That's the, that's you don't business. have to lose for me to win. Ah, thank you. You said it, that's it. That's it. Thank you. That's exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. By the way, if you are interested in traditional funnels, you might find episode 170 useful. I spoke to a guy called Ryan Dice, who's one of the founders of yes. Digital Marketer in that episode, ProductiveInsights.com slash 170. But remember, the core behind the funnel is value. If you don't have value, incredibly fancy funnels will not solve your problem. And for the record, I have noticed some marketers have extremely slick funnels. And when I see a really slick funnel, I get a little bit suspicious because <laughs> funnels can make business owners lazy. If you have a very compelling funnel with upsells and downsells and side sales and, and all sorts of sales, yeah, you can make a lot of money in that initial transaction. But if you're not fulfilling by delivering value in exchange for what all those upsells and downsells and side sales, yeah. yes. people are going to feel disenfranchised and that will hurt yes. your brand long term. Yes. For me, I don't know if it's the same example, Ash, but for me, it's like the guy or gal with perfect hair and perfect teeth. I'm kind of teasing, but it's a problem for me. I mean, like, something's, you have nothing, as we all do, nothing <laughs> on your face or in, I mean, it's like, you know what? Or I think Barbara Corcoran's like that. It's weird on Shark Tank, she'll go, you know what? And you see the entrepreneur getting excited. You gave the perfect pitch. You have the perfect amount of profits and money. Yeah. Everything is great. Something doesn't sound right with me. I'm out. And the guy's like, she's like, I don't can't tell you what, but I just can't do it. <laughs> okay, so Ramon, tell us, what are some of the biggest challenges you've seen that small business owners face when it comes to growing profitably online? And what's worked in terms of change addressing them? Yeah, and I love that you keep saying, Ash, growing profitable. I think that's, that's so powerful because profitability is so important. Yes. I think a few things I've come across. I think, one, sometimes people are not willing to take enough risk. And again, I'm not talking about going in massive debt and things like this, but I think some people just don't start. They don't take enough risk. They're not willing to launch. Hmm. So that's one. I think, two, another challenge I find is the systems that it takes to grow. Again, not growing to be a billion-dollar company, but systems in the most generic sense where you don't have a team, you're not willing to let go, you think it just has to be you, so I think that's two. And I think a third challenge I can see is the aspect of pricing. There's so many issues I could mention, Ash, but I think pricing. You know, yes. I, I work with my wife sometimes, or you know, you're working with a scissor company, and they're like, we wanna help people, so let's make the scissors $2. Yes. And then Ash d dumps into their numbers, and he realizes, wait a minute, the scissors cost you $1.99 to make. <laughs> There's a problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think those are a few a few things. And, and that's, by the way, pricing is one of the things we also talk about in uh, Small Business Essentials. But um, but I think those are a few things. And there's so many things I think that people have to get right. But can I ask you, Ash, if there's time, if you have a few minutes, yeah. what, what do you find? Anything that you're seeing, uh, what do you find as a challenge? Because you work with, with companies, clients as well. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking. Man, I've got to put my hand up and say that first point you mentioned, dude, it took me, I think, two or three years before I launched my membership site. And I was terrified. There's just one of the things that held, one of the many things that held me back was I was worried that I'd launch this membership site and it was going to be a ghost town. So yes. that stopped me from launching for like two or three years. Eventually, I plucked up the courage and I was going to launch it for $19 a month. And someone told me that is a really silly move. You need mm. to be charging more than that because one of the reasons is because I was giving away four hours of my time valued at about $2,000. Yes, yes. In the first month. So these were onboarding calls. These are not ongoing calls. 
I was giving away four hours of my time and this person said, you're, you're crazy. You should not, at least $99. So I launched it at $99. You're giving a $19 consulting call. Yeah. At the time, I remember thinking about this. I, I don't remember whether it was a case study or it was a theory that was proposed when I did my MBA. And it talked about price being a signal. And at the time, I thought that was nonsense. I didn't agree with it. But I have since learned that is actually true. Price yeah. is a signal and can be a valuable signal. After I launched at 99, I noticed that I was attracting a certain kind of clientele. And then when I raised my prices to 399, which is now what you would pay for the same program, the people who started off at 99 are founding members and they get grandfathered in. They never pay sure. more than $99 a month. If you join now today from the front end of the website, you will pay $399 a month for exactly the same product. You still get onboarding calls, but I used to give away four face-to-face -face calls. I've dropped them down now to two face-to-face -face calls. And these are onboarding calls, not ongoing calls. The idea is to stack up so much value and to give the person so much of a kickstart that right. it keeps them going for a significant amount of time. And nobody canceled after the first That's month. That's powerful. No, you're right. I think that, one, I learned pricing as a signal. Two, getting started. Now, way back in 2008, I remember Seth had written this thing about, I think it was about writing every day or something. And this was when mm. our friendship first kind of began. Mm. He had written this article about writing every day. And I wrote this email back to him saying, oh, but how can I write every day? You know, you've got to write at least 2,000 words to be an authority. According to Neil Patel, who was a guest in episode one of this podcast, by the way, you've got to write every day. You've got, sorry, you've got to write 2,000 words per article, this, that. And Seth just replied with two words, typical Seth. He said, just begin. So mm -hmm. I thought, okay. So I just began. And I wrote every day for the month of November. In 2000, did I say 2008? I meant 2018, mm -hmm. sorry. Uh, I wrote every single day and my traffic went up fivefold, but the average time on site dropped and it turned out that a lot of them were bots and so on. And so in my conversation with Seth in episode 200, I raised that with him and I said, remember two years ago you told me this and I did it, but I, I just found it was all bots. And I, and, he, and I said, was that a mistake? And he said, well, I don't know if it was a mistake. I think you were writing for you, not for the bots or not for Google. I thought that was very powerful as well. Mm. Now, how does that connect to what you're saying? Well, the way it connects is if you're outwardly focused and that's what's stopping you from getting started, right. if you're anxious that, oh, is my pricing going to be too high? Is my customer going to laugh at me because I'm launching at 99 instead of 19 or 399, whatever it is, mm -hmm. then you are probably going to get hamstrung. You're probably going to freeze. You're going yeah. to have trouble starting. But if you say, as Seth often says, and I love this, look, I made this. And right. you just say, this is my art. I'm putting it out there. I'm taking a risk. And I'm not inwardly focused, as in I'm not self-obsessed. Right. I'm not narcissistically obsessed right. about right. it. Right. But rather, I'm outwardly focused in a positive way. I'm thinking right. of how I can give value to the world. And I believe that it's of this value. And I'm putting it out there. Yes. And Seth often says he's a freelancer. So he says... As a freelancer, you're saying, this is my art. This is what right. I believe it should be worth. I'm putting it out there. It's not for everyone. You don't have to buy it. Right. That right. is a massive, massive thing that helps you get past that initial hurdle. And I would say upwards of 80% of problems I've noticed with business owners I've worked with are associated mm. with not getting started. Wow. 
Wow, that that so that yeah, you're you're right. I think you're right, and and I think Ash to the point about putting things out there is that the other part, the other half of that. Well, two things I'll say, just riffing off of what you said. I think the pricing and all that it matches with who you're trying to serve as well. If you're if you're yes. being the Walmart, yes. I bet your price would be ninety nine cents. But right. Ash has made the choice. I can't eat on that. Neither can Ramon. So therefore, <laughs> we're going to have to price it here. And once we do whatever we want with our families and all that, we can give back to others, which we probably already do. That's one. And I think point two, going back to that, here's what I created. I, Ash, I made it. What do you think? Whatever the thing is, is that the point is, is that um, I always look here like that because I wasn't sure what logo was showing. I, I didn't want to, you know, yeah. but here's what I made. Ash may say, Ramon, it sucks. It's crap. Yeah. Now I have a choice to come back and say, thank you. And I don't know if, if uh, the, the guy, the, um, the guy we talked about, Essie, Moz, the, yes. the guy we right. talked about, yes. said it, but I know part of the startup is also you, you do a minimal viable product. To have people kick the tires yes. and make it better. Yes. Version one is not going to be the same as version 20. Yes. That's okay. You keep iterating and going. And it's perfectly okay to say to those people, maybe this is not for you. That's right. Because it's not for everybody. That's okay. very true, Ash. And that's, very true. that's another important point, actually. You know, your pricing is a function of your target market. And it is yes. important to get clear about your target market or your ideal customer whom you believe you can serve. Again, I'm quoting Seth a lot, but as Seth we says, both are. okay, <laughs> this is a Seth show. <laughs> Seth show, yeah. What change do you seek to make in the world? And mm. by extension, to whom do you seek to deliver that change? It's not going to be to everybody. So it takes a little bit of courage. It requires you to step out there a little bit. Maybe you don't go and seek to change every teacher that has ever lived. Maybe you seek to just serve math teachers, or as you guys say in yes. America, math teachers of grade three who are working with children with learning difficulties. That's right. right. Which yeah. Seth calls famous to the cousin. I think that was one of his Is blog that posts. Right? I've where, never heard that before. Yeah. Oh, yes, you got to Google look that up while we're talking, but something like that where it means is that you're not famous to everybody. Just your cousin knows who you are. Right. That's right. something like that he wrote, famous to your cousin or famous to the uncle, something meaning... Everybody doesn't, but your cousin knows you, and that's all you need. That's it, and that's enough to build a meaningful and lasting business. Right. And sure, you may not be the next Amazon, and you may not be the next Netflix or the next Facebook, but hey, maybe you don't want to be. And if you want to be, sure, go for it. But just remember that they come with a different set of challenges. Right. A small business has one set of challenges. A big business has other sets of challenges. Be aware of those challenges before you go rushing headfirst. That's right. And and I can I show you something? Uh, I wrote this down. I just posted it on Facebook. My 2020 goals, yeah. which says no debt, more pay, more giving. So for us small businesses, it's not about being a billion dollar company. I'm very modest in what I want to do in life. That's it. I wrote cool. it on a little piece of paper. Cool. <laughs> so, uh, do you have any other action steps our listeners can take from this conversation, Ramon? Yeah, no, thanks for asking, uh, Ash. And again, thank you for your generosity. Thanks for all you do. And I can't wait to give you a hug and a high five in person again on your side of the world. I can't wait. But a few things I would say is I think just it's really summarizing what we've said, Ash. I think one, just launch. That's one. Just launch. Get out there and do it. I think two, we all have fear. I think the difference between me and Ash and somebody listening, what you do with the fear. We all have fear. We all suffer with this, that, and the other. But I think take your fear and and, and chew it, cry a little bit, and then go, go on. And I think three, running a small business is hard, but if you get the fundamentals, the basics right, 
And remember, don't try to be Netflix, but don't try to be just a solo painter. Be a small business owner, you'll win. And people can check it out, Ash, at 12smbessentials.com, the number 1212smbessentials.com, or they can check out the whole Akimbo platform at Akimbo, A-K-I-M-B-O.com, but 12smbessentials.com. Awesome. And we'll link to that in the show notes. Now, how do people find out more about you, Ramon? Ramon is a friend of Ash.com. No, um, uh, (laughs) RamonRay.com, R-A-M-O-N-R-A-Y.com is the best place to see a little about me. And hey, I pr- pronounced your name wrong. It's Ramon Ray. Sorry, I said Ramon. I'm sorry. No, Ramon. it's okay. I didn't even. It's it's the international flavor. It's all good, man. <laughs> well, man, it was just such a pleasure to have you back. And dude, we gotta we gotta do this again. I just love talking to you. You you have so much energy, and this time we got to do it on video, which is a bonus. Uh, it's mutual. Come back. We miss you. I, I will come back, and probably before I come back, I'm gonna have you share your knowledge with the Smart Hustle audience. Who needs to know all about marketing from you? So Sounds we'll like do I'd, I'd, It'll be my honor. I would love to be on. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today? 